Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today, as I said in November, when I covered the Thanksgiving Elvin and the Chipmunks episode, I said, I'm going to cover the final, the third Christmas Elvin and the Chipmunks movie on this movie. It's an episode. (laughs) The third one. There's three of them. I've done A Chipmunk Christmas. I've done Merry Christmas, Mr. Carol. Now I'm doing Dave's Wonderful Life. I've never seen this one. I've avoided it like the plague because it looks not that great. (laughs) But I did manage to find a synopsis for this episode because I can't find it on IMDb on Elvin and the Chipmunks, the series, because... They have episode listings, just no summaries. (laughs) So, in this episode... Oh, this VHS was... Okay, um... September 28th, 93. Okay. In this touching homage to the classic film, It's a Wonderful Life, poor Dave's having a string of rotten luck when he wishes he had never been born. What the fuck happens, Dave? What is so damn bad that you want... Don't... That you wish you had never been born. What the fuck happens? At least George Bailey had a... uh, You know, his reasoning was... He was going to go to jail for that stolen money. He didn't see any other way out. I'm... Like I said, I've never seen it. So I don't know what string of rotten luck. Is he going to lose his house? Are the boys going to be put... They're going to be put in separate homes what what is going to happen that causes him to feel this way i am i'm invested just on this old. oh here we go oh here we go okay <laughs> here's a little bit of a synopsis um dave has been in a slump his car has seen better days well we know his car's a piece of shit it's been you know you see it on the cartoon and stuff it's a piece of shit car it's always breaking down to the point sometimes the chipmunks have to push it which they consider embarrassing arriving in that manner to a soccer game unknown to the boys dave is suffering from financial problems as all the songs he recently composed were rejected dave loses the soccer game due to being distracted so is he the coach He's the boys' soccer coach? I was going to say, he's not playing in the game. And this is all from the Elven fandom wiki. That I'm just getting based on the summary. And I don't want to spoil Why do I feel like part of me has probably seen some of this? Because it feels familiar. But then again, how many times have the boys probably had to push Dave's car? Because it's stopped running. But I'm like... His songs aren't great. When you write something for the chipmunks to sing, that's good. I mean, I don't say I, I want him to see him living off the success of his boys. But, I, I don't know, man. Y- your songs are horrible. I mean, even, um, what's his face in the 2000... When the hell did that movie come out? 07, 08? The Elvin and the Chipmunks... The live action one where I cannot think of his name to save my ass. What the fuck is his name? The guy with the glasses. Oh man, I gotta look it up. This guy's 
He's fucking hilarious. I, I, I think this guy, I cannot, I gotta, I gotta find his name on here because I can't think of it. Elvin and the Chipmunk. Oh, seven. Okay. Oh, seven. Gotcha. Gotcha. David Cross. Yes. This guy's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he even said Dave Seville's songs suck ass. Like, they fucking blow. Justin Timberlake is not going to sing your songs. Fergie, I've never heard. Wait, did Fergie, did she sing that? Um, What the? That song that I like. What's it called? Is she part of the Black Eyed Peas? Uh, that song, I got a feeling that's Fergie, right? Because I, I love that song. It's so good. It, like, gets you pumped. Like, ugh. Okay, so, anyway. Let's see how this episode unfolds. Because I am invested. I want to see what shit luck Dave has that's going to cause him to wish he'd never been born. Can you imagine if we all, let's just say, we are like, I wonder what it'd be like if, you know, I weren't, just not to that degree, but just out of curiosity, like, what would, and then you get to see, like, how you would have affected other people's lives just by being there. And then knowing that you're, you're not there, well, this person's gonna go down this rabbit hole, or this person's not gonna do this thing, and then this happens, and just realize, like, you were a bright spot in people's lives. Like, you have to be there to make sure that this happens in the time-space continuum. Yeah. Another thing, speaking of time-space continuums, um, Julie is, is like, Nofke or something, uh, a YouTube, there's a lot of YouTube stars out there. Oh, star. Um, I kind of got into this thing where she, and I watched this, I think it was back in June. I kind of stumbled across this, talking to your past self about the upcoming pandemic. And I'm, oh, and there's like four segments to it. I finally just watched like the last two. And I, I mean, I honestly think the first one is the best, but um, just there's so many, I don't want to call them copycats, but there's so, this, talking to your past self about the upcoming pandemic and kind of saying you gotta do this, maybe it might help if you do this, and oh, um, yeah, you're not going to work, you're gonna stay home, and this and that. The concept behind this was fucking genius. But there's so, at first I was like intrigued, like, oh, other people doing it. And then it's like, okay, a lot of people, but they are giving credit to Julie, the YouTuber, who came up with this concept. But it's like, at first I was like, oh, I'm intrigued. I watch a couple others by other people. I'm like, eh, okay, now it's run its course already. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm. there's even one in regard to teachers having to go go back in time and let them their past selves know like hey you're gonna want to get familiar with zoom and google chat and whatever else stuff like that so okay let's jump into dave's wonderful life i mean for me dave always kind of gives off a pathetic sad sack life so I don't know, D Dave just feels like kind of a wiener, like he's kind of wimpy. 
I mean, he's built fucking muscular as hell. Like, he could be... Those fucking shoulders... He's just, he's built, he's broad, and it's just like, if only you had, like, the personality to go with your body, you know? I don't want him to be, like, a, a muscle-bound tank, but, or whatever, but, dude, be happy for what you got. You got three chipmunk sons. Not, nobody in the world can say that. You know, I always forget there's no subtitles. That's the first thing I go for after I hit play. Subtitles. Oh, that's right. There's no subtitles. Damn it. I live for subtitles. They're so helpful for picking up dialogue that you can't understand. Watching this opening is, it's a little bit different than the others, but... You just see Dave freaking out the whole time as Elvin, Simon, and Theodore are trying to get ready in their dressing rooms to go on stage. This is the much, much towards the end of the show's run opening with the longer intro. Jeremy on occasion will be on YouTube and he'll play the Chipmunks theme song that's in German. <laughs> it's just like, I, it's, it's interesting listening to the lyrics. There's a gorgeous big house that's got, oh yeah, the the two sides of it, one side's got a, the kitchen on it in that smaller, it almost looks like it was added later on. Wow. Right out the gate, the boys are complaining about Dave's car stalling out in front of the school. Like, oh, so embarrassing. <sighs> oh, I first see, this is why subtitles should help, but they don't have any. Elv I thought Elvin said something about closing the school, but no, he says, I'd rather crawl to school. Well, crawl almost sounds like, but anyway, they're getting their lunches made. They have bikes. Why don't they just ride their damn bikes to school? Was it raining that day? What happened? We all know that I don't think Dave's car has a top on it. It's a, it's a convertible-ish wood-paneled type of, I don't even know what the proper car term for it would be. So, their lunch boxes are really cool. Alvin's, of course, is red with a giant A on the front of it. Simon's is gray with whoever the fuck that picture of that person with the white blonde hair on the front. I don't know. And Theodore's, he's, he's, getting, he's getting number one. His is shaped like a loaf of bread, or two slices of bread, like a PBG sandwich. Because he, is he already going to eat that sandwich? Like, isn't that supposed to be for lunch, Theodore? It's not even in wrapping, I don't think. It's just a regular sandwich, just not in a Ziploc bag. Ew. See, that's how that lunchbox is going to start to stink after a while, because you're putting stuff in it, and not putting it in plastic wrap, or Ziploc bags. You want your lunchbox to smell like a lunchbox. You don't want it to smell like the food that you had last week. So, Dave pokes his head in and says, guys, let's go. School's waiting. I'll drive ya. And Simon's like, hey, Dave, how's that song going on? You get that done? And Dave's like, yeah, I, I got everything. I sent it out to the music department, and we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed, boys. Fingers crossed. As soon as he mentions car, all three of them are like, ah! 
I want to see who is on the front of Simon's lunchbox. It's not Albert Einstein, because this one's just got parted white blonde hair, and it's just a white face. Who is that? Is that who Simon could be if he were human? Is that what he would look like? Nice try, Simon. He's like, oh, I'm just sick for school, Dave. Dude, you're packing a lunch to go to school. If you were sick, you wouldn't have been doing that shit. You want to pull the phony sick bit? You don't even get out of bed. You're like, I'm too sick to get out of bed. Dave's looking at Simon like, you are so full of crap right now. Let's go. Didn't I say Dave was built? I mean, broad shoulders, wide, like, chestal area. I mean, we can't see it through that white shirt he's wearing, but mind you. <laughs> Elvin also was like, I'm burning up with fever. And, of course, Theodore, ugh, he always fucks things up. He's like, yeah, I don't want to go in Dave's car either. And both Elvin and Simon are like, ugh. Theodore, seriously? Ugh. Now we see Dave behind the wheel of his car. The fucking thing ain't starting. Like, they would be better off riding their damn bikes. You'd get there faster. What are they going to wait until he finally, his car finally turns over? Yes. Elvin's like, Dave, we'll just take our bikes. Y yeah, do that. And, of course, Dave's shouting over, trying to turn over his car. He's like, it's too late, Elvin. You wouldn't get there in time. Well, them standing there watching you turn, try to turn your fucking car over ain't going to help them get there in time either. But at least they'd have a shot. And the way you see it half the time is, like, when they're biking to or from school, it's practically right around the fucking corner, like a block or so away. Hell, if they started walking, they'd get there faster before Dave's car finally turned over. <sighs> now they're gonna push? Fuck this shit! Where are their lunch pails? Oh, they're sitting there on the grass of the driveway. <sighs> Dave, just let them go to school! Dave needs to take his car in to the shop and have it looked at. There's a girl, blonde pig girl named Merrily. At first I'm like, what did he say? So is this the only inkling of Christmas we get? Because I know it's only a couple minutes in, but it's like and it's called Dave's Wonderful Life, but is that the only instance we get to Christmas? Wait just a damn second here. This girl's got a side pony. For a second there, I could have sworn she had two pigtails. Oh, okay. No, it's a side pony. The girl looks like she's 12, 13 years old. They never go to school with any other chipmunks because they're the only three in existence. Granted, that Thanksgiving episode that I covered in November would beg to differ that there's billions upon billions of chipmunk creature human hybrids. I don't know. Does nobody carry a backpack in this world? Because she's carrying three books with her. You can't believe um, that Elvin is pushing a car. And he's trying to say, like, oh, it really helps work out the muscles. You know, I got a big soccer game coming up tomorrow. So, yeah. So she pretty much just likes Elvin because he's a rock star. The idea that he would do menial work, like, you know, push the back of a car. But luckily, J Dave gets it going. It's like, get your asses in here now before it dies on us again. So Dave pulls out and he leaves and Marilee is just sitting there, standing there with her four books in her arms. So you book, pa book bag, 
backpack, whatever you want to call it, would solve her problems. She's like, duh? <laughs> Standing there. Bitch, go to school. <laughs> At this rate, they'll get there before you do. All right, so next scene. The boys are ready to beat the hell out of their opponents in this soccer game. Like, where's our secret weapon? And they're also complaining about the fact that Dave's going to drive them there. And he's also their coach. But he's too busy sitting in a chair talking to a music exec who says, your music is just as bad as Jesse Katsopoulos' on Full House. You can't write a good song. He does sound like Jesse Katsopoulos. Like, really? They didn't like any of my songs? Dave, of course, chalks it up to going through a dry spell. A dry spell. Well, we all have those periods, don't we? Ooh, never mind. <laughs> oh, Dave hangs up the phone and he's sulking and Alvin's like, come on, come on, we're going to be late. What's your mission? What, what's your plan of attack here for this? Our, so is it just the three of them against another team or do they have a bunch of other kids? Do we even get to see the soccer match? Because I kind of want to. What the fuck? And Dave, I don't know what he's looking for. He's like looking under the couch cushion. He's like, oh, yeah. Beat him. Uh, beat him. Uh, like he's doing a chant. Do the, the boys have zero self-confidence that they can beat this team that they're going to be up against? And because Dave isn't enthusiastic because he's distracted. He's like, oh, wow, Dave, you don't sound too sure about that. Is that going to shake their confidence and think that they, oh, boy. He's like, hey, have you seen my soccer shoes? Because he's looking in the fireplace. Yeah, because I'm sure they're, they'd be there. Elvin points out, you're wearing them, Dave. Ugh. He's playing soccer? I thought he was the fucking coach. What the hell kind of... Is this a father-son soccer championship? I thought that he was just coaching the game. He says he's never played soccer before. Well, don't have him play. He's just gonna... Oh. Oh, he tell... They tell him, Dave, look, nothing to it. Just use your head and your feet. And they all demonstrate by headbutting the ball and kicking the ball, passing it. It's... 8 a.m., I guess, so they gotta get their asses on the field. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go! Okay, who the fuck is calling out? They're out the door, man! They're getting ready to get in the vehicle and go! Now, what is it, another rejection? Like, oh, your songs suck, Mr. Seville. I don't know what to tell ya. They don't even have an answering machine. Just let the, I'd say let the answering machine pick it up, but fuck that. They don't got one. Oh, okay, so it is, I guess... He's got the quote on the repairs. It's like, hi, Ralphie. What? The car's not even worth that much. You need to get a new fucking car. Do you not have any money to do that at all? Are you spending more money into maintaining that hunk of metal? You could be putting that into a down payment for a vehicle. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. He says, I can't afford to bring it in right now. Maybe next month. Then how is he giving you the repairs on the car if he hasn't seen it? Is he just, like, giving an estimate? Like, Dave's like, well, this could be wrong with it, and this is going on with it, and then the guy's just making an estimate up in his head based on 
Dave's hearsay? I have no idea. Dave, as he's walking hunched over, his, he looks like his ear is an elf ear, but it's just his hair covering. But it looks like an elf ear. Like he's part elf. Not the alien from the television show. All right, yes, we get to go to the game. They're tied, two to two, and there's 30 seconds left. What's going to happen? Please tell me they don't all put it on Dave's shoulders and hope that he can do a, a Hail Mary goal to win the game. Oh, boy. Okay, this guy, whoever is announcing the game, he's saying, calling... <laughs> He's calling Elvin Speedy Seville. Nothing wrong there. He calls Theodore Chubby Seville. Brainy Seville. And he calls Dave Big Seville. Well, it looks like Dave's got the hang of it. Oh, fuck! First of all, he's kicking it towards the goal. Where are the op op opposition... Where are the other te the team members on the opposite team? Why wouldn't they be stopping him? Why would there be a fresh... Is this a penalty shot? I don't know. Does soccer get a penalty shot? I only played it once when I was 14. I can't remember. But Dave, Mr. Clumsy-ass Ox, trips over the fucking ball while he's kicking it. He was so damn close. Ugh. See, I told you that you didn't need him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Well, there's an opposing player. This is going to be like a father-son type of league because that is not a kid. It is someone's dad. This kid guarding the goal, the goalie here, didn't have a shot in hell. That thing sailed so far above his head. If he'd have grown another couple feet, he might have gotten it. That's good that they have people of color in this cartoon on the opposing team. They... I'm not sure. They might be Hispanic. I'm not sure. But again, people of color, that's awesome. We need more of that in cartoons. And just movies and TV in general. So Theodore is the only one to ask Dave if he's okay because he tripped over the ball and face planted on the ground. And Dave's like, Hi, I'm okay. I'm just a little embarrassed. And Elvin's like, A little embarrassed? I'm humiliated. And Dave's like, I really don't even know what I did. You tripped over the fucking ball is what you did. You were going fine for a while. Good few three kicks in there. Long strides. So they tell him that so-and-so scored the winning goal. And Dave's like, oh, I guess I kind of blew it, huh? There's like 13 people in the stands. I just counted them. <laughs> so Simon says, look, Dave, it's not a big deal. It's just a game. Elvin, of course, is like, yeah, Timmy will only be bragging about how his dad won the game for the next 50 years. So it's clearly, like I said, a father-son soccer league. So Dave decides to treat them to some ice cream, or at least that's what he's talking about as they're walking to the car. And Timmy's father's like, hey, Seville, sucks that you didn't make the winning shot. Hopefully your music career is going better than your soccer game. Guy is a dick. He's like, yeah, we're in a real boom ourselves here. I mean, we're, I'm making more money than I can spend. Great. Ugh, you're one of those people who likes to brag about all the money they fucking have. That's nice. That literally looks like a car from the future. Holy shit. Timmy's dad is, is, is rolling in the dough. Wow. It's really a sleek... Model like T top Corvette ish, like it's really 
wild. And it's red. But then again, so is Dave's car and the car in front of Dave's car. A Lamborghini! Wow! It's a combination of the two! Which is clearly made up for the show because I tried to look it up. I can't even, couldn't even. Lamborghini. No. It's made up for the show. Oh, of course, Timmy's like, yeah, and it's all ours because Simon's like, oh, the finest roadster ever built. Oh, they're not getting ice cream. They're getting fruit smoothies. <laughs> the boys are drooling over that Lamborghini, Lamborghini or whatever it is. Oh, what a beautiful car. Again, Dave's car won't start. That thing is so damn unreliable. But my gosh, look at the roomy back seat. It is so, it looks so comfy and cozy. I would just want to lay down and take a nap in it. The plush seats just look so soft and, oh, like pillows. They, you, oh my gosh, not only is that a T-top Lamborghini, it's got like DeLorean doors on it. They're see-through doors. Tammy's dad, of course, realizes like, oh, you guys got some trouble? You want to go ride with us? We'll take you where you need to go. We'll take you home. It's like, hey, civilian, you need some help? And Dave's like, oh no, it's probably just upset because I didn't get to play in the game. Dave, please. Alvin's like, it doesn't know how lucky it was. Oh, you know, the boys are going to jump at that because Timmy's dad's like, oh, I'll be happy to take the boys home for you. <laughs> I bet anything. He's like, I don't know. And the boys are already, like, buckling themselves into the... I mean, how many times are they ever going to have a chance like this to ride in that car? Uh, yeah, the boys jump right into Timmy's dad's car and Dave's like, boys, what about the fruit smoothies? They're like, no, thank you. And Dave ends up having to push the car home by himself. Where in the, oh my god. Yeah, you need to chunk that vehicle out. That vehicle is dead, 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 dead. So as soon as Dave gets in the house, Ellen, Simon, and Theodore are just in heaven over riding in that Lamborghini. They can't stop talking about it. It's like riding on air, Simon says. And Theodore says that Timmy's dad, Mr. Armstrong, can drive them to Camp Happy Trails, which I'm guessing is a camp. Simon's like, oh, well, if you want, you can take us. And Elvin's like, you did send in the paperwork, right? So Happy Trails knows we're coming. So, okay, what is this? fact is the only even remote Christmassy thing about this is Dave's Wonderful Life is a play on George Bailey's It's a Wonderful Life because there's nothing remotely Christmas about this episode. So Dave's a bearer of bad news. He tells them he can't afford to send them this year to the Camp Happy Trails, which if he can't get his car fucking fixed, no way in hell is he affording camp for three kids. It sucks to be them. They've been waiting all year for this shit. Dude, you could have said something earlier. Like, maybe three months ago. And apparently, the only way that they're gonna go is if one of Dave's songs had been accepted and he had gotten paid for it. Well, your song sucks, so... You gotta find a different venture, I guess. 
So, Theodore and Simon are actually taking it quite well. Like, we understand. I mean, maybe next year. And, of course, Elvin, Mr. I'm gonna sulk and groan and complain because he's Elvin. It's like, ugh, Dave, damn it. Disappointed us again. So, yeah, Elvin pretty much starts foaming at the mouth when it comes to the fact that he's not gonna be able to go away to camp this year. Like, you're on my whole summer, my whole life, and blah, 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 and Simon finally puts a hand over Elvin's mouth, like, shut the fuck up, Elvin, and Elvin and Theodore drag, or Elvin, Simon and Theodore drag Elvin up the stairs, and Dave just rolls his eyes, like, ugh. So I like how Simon is defending Dave, like, hey, Dave didn't know those songs weren't gonna sell, he's probably just in a, in a slump, and Elvin's like, well, what if he doesn't come out of it? And Alvin brings up the fact, well, what if we have to sell the house? And Theodore's like, hey, we could go live at Timmy's house. He's got lots of room. Simon looks like he's about ready to blow his top. He is getting angry. So yeah, Alvin's shit-talking Dave, who happens to be listening right outside their door, while Simon is like, look, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you think you feel bad. Imagine Dave feels a hundred thousand times worse. So Dave falls back on his bed and he's like, oh, I embarrass them. I can't even write a hit song. I can't even afford to get my car fixed. Maybe the boys would be better off without me. Oh, we get a uh, Twilight Zone spoof as Dave wakes up, or he thinks he's waking up, to the television with the intro to the Twilight Zone and Simon doing an impression of Rod Serling. So, Simon, dressed like Rod Serling, although I can't remember a time where Rod Serling was wearing glasses in any of these episodes that he's done, but he's like, so Dave, you think you'd be better off if we'd have been better off without you. Let's see how I would have ended up if you hadn't been in my life. Simon calls it the no Dave zone. So Simon brings up and we see in a flashback when Dave was helping him with the spelling bee and Simon says I couldn't spell anything correct. And you see them at the table going through words. One being principal. Oh he spells principal but he doesn't spell it you know, like a principal head of a school, he spells it P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E. So, Dave gives him a mnemonic device and says, just remember this trick to remember one spelling a principal over the other. The principal is your pal, hence P-A-L. Oh, Mississippi, always one of the hardest for a kid because there's so many I's and P's and S's and where to put them all. And there's a big, um, there at the kitchen table, there's this giant 20 book stack that looks like it's about ready to topple over. And Dave probably is getting tired because, hey, Simon, do you want to cut this short? Maybe go to bed? And Simon's like, no, Dave, the spelling bee's tomorrow. I gotta know all this stuff. I have to commit it to memory. Well, of course, for the spelling of Mississippi, he goes. M I double S I double S I double P I. I don't think that's how they want you spelling it, but if he remembers that little saying, it'll help. 
So we get to the spelling bee and Dave's in the audience and he's winking winking towards Simon. Like, hey, Simon, you got this because his word is Mississippi. He spells it M-I-double-S-I-double-S-I-P-P-I. I'm like, no, I don't think they want you to say double S, double I, double P, whatever the f- they want you to spell it M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I Mississippi. I think you try to pull that double I, double S, double P stuff in. Nowadays you would be disqualified. Simon is awarded the winner and he's got some B cap with some yellow antennae. I thought you got a trophy. You get some weird B hat? Okay. He does get a trophy. Oh, good for Simon. Wow, he could turn that upside down and wear that like a hat. It'd be heavy. It's a big trophy. Okay, hold up. Hold, hold, hold up here. Simon's like, well, since you weren't there to help me, I totally fucked up. Here's the thing. If Dave's not there, how the fuck are you living in that house? <laughs> right. How do they become musicians? Dave was the one that wrote that song. They sang it. They got on the radio. They get famous. They got a music career. He's not there. You're still living in the woods with your mother. I remember that episode from the cartoon. Do we ever learn about their father? Their biological chipmunk father? I don't know. Okay, so this goes all the way back to kindergarten with Theodore. I guess he is running for class president. And he's on the stoop outside the front door crying about it. And Dave is like, Theodore, you didn't eat your dinner. That's not like you. What's up with you? And Theodore's like, they don't want me to be kindergarten class president. Who has a kindergarten class president? Nobody. That is too young. So Dave kind of figures that... Theodore didn't do a damn thing to get himself nominated. Didn't talk to anybody. Okay, hold on. Let's go back. Apparently there's more to this Simon situation. Apparently he says that by the time he was 40, he was still in kindergarten. I don't think that's the case. Especially if back then they were passing kids because they were getting older and some of them, you know, when kids are like, teenagers and they tell someone that they're illiterate, they can't read and saying how, oh, the teacher I kept getting bigger so the teachers just passed me along. I don't think they're gonna hold you back just because you can't spell Mississippi. So, Theodore says he's too shy. That's why he's not able to go out and, you know, talk to people and stuff when it comes to wanting to run for class president. And Dave tells him, like, Buddy, you're a sweet kid. You're you're adorable. You're a nice kid. But unless you start talking to people, they're not going to know that about you. So you got to make the effort. So Theodore, present Theodore, who's going into the past, is telling Dave that he learned from Dave that you have to earn friendship. And we see Theodore sitting at a lunch table <clears throat> giving away his sandwich to a kid who already has a sandwich. What do you mean you have to earn friendship? I don't know. So yeah, it was just a lack of confidence on Theodore's part. And he says, pretty soon I had friends from all over the world. 
And we see this girl in a white sweater with a very inappropriately short mini skirt for if this is supposed to be elementary school or upper elementary school, I don't know. Oh, she's not running for class president. Okay, no. She says that she wants to introduce the kid who's voted most popular and that's Theodore. Oh, well, good for him. I thought he was running for class president and maybe this is the step in that direction. So Theodore tells him that that didn't happen because apparently you thought it'd be better if you didn't exist. So I didn't get that advice. And I just stayed in the shadows, my shy little self. Wow, that's a bleak future for Theodore. He says that he moved to a desert island somewhere in the middle of the ocean and became a hermit. Wow. That's, that's rough. And he tells him as he takes him to the island that we see Theodore with a bit. He's going full Tom Hanks castaway here. He never learned how to get along with people. He had signs that say, get lost, go away, no trespassing. Yikes. Theodore says, they didn't like me and I didn't like them. And Dave is like, oh no, it can't be. It's not the end of the world. It'll be fine. So wait a minute. He only saw Simon and Theodore's what-if scenarios. What about Elvin's? Or is this Elvin's scenario? So, oh, we got Alvin in full wizard garb here with a pointed hat and a wand. So, I guess Alvin's biggest problem was the fact that he's trying to set up a lemonade stand. And if Dave hadn't have been there, he this I guess this was supposed to be a turning point in his life. What, about wanting to make money or something? Alvin only made one glass. Dude, do you know how lemonade stands work? You're not going to make money off of just making one glass. You make a pitcher. You can't tell me this kid is... Come on. Come on. So Dave's advice is a positive attitude. That's what's going to lead to success. Because Alvin's like, if I made ten glasses and nobody bought them, I'd have to drink them myself. No, you just pour it all into a pitcher and put it in the fridge, and then those that live in your house can have the lemonade for free. So, I like what Dave does here for Alvin. He's like, Alvin, get over here. Look at that booth. What do you see? Oh, it's a lemonade stand. And Dave says, well, how can you tell? There's no sign. If you want to sell something, you have to advertise. I'm sorry, but if I'm going to have a lemonade stand, I'm going to advertise. I'm going to have a booth... Or a table, signage, you're probably going to want to put notices up on trees. I don't know, nowadays it'd be like Facebook and stuff like that. But pre-Facebook, 1980s, 90s, he didn't have that. So how about advertising in school? Just word of mouth, like, hey, I got a lemonade stand. Or say it's for a cause or something. People are always willing to give money to causes. And if you're just doing this to line your own pocket, I can't see people wanting to really donate to the lemonade stand, but I don't know. Lemonade stand of the stars. Well, since he's a musician, I mean, lemonade made by musicians or stars. Celebrity lemonade. There we go. Now we're talking. Lemonade stand of the stars. It's... It's colorful. It's It's got yellow against 
the brown wood. It's got more glasses. Good for Simon. I mean, Elvin. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> this seems like a Simon thing. Remember in Merry Christmas, Mr. Carol, how Elvin was bitching about the fact that he had to have a paper, that he had to do his paper out? <laughs> yeah. He's even got one of those tube things that you shout into. And kids are gathering. Oh, he's got two full pitchers of lemonade. Apparently everyone loved it. Um, how much is he charging? He doesn't say. I would honestly say maybe 10 cents a glass. Maybe a quarter. Maybe that quarter's too stiff. I mean, those kids don't have jobs. So <laughs> they're just relying on allowance. Why do they, they have the bleakest, this is what happens if you weren't here. You got Elvin in his room. What is he? What is he? He's got all these papers. He's sitting at a desk. He looks like he's 60 years old. With bifocals and baldness. And I guess he's working as a filing clerk or for a sales report or something. So when Elvin looks like he should already have retired long ago. But because... It's just, their futures are so bleak. From Simon being 40 and still in kindergarten to Theodore being out on a desert island in the middle of the ocean and being a hermit. And now Elvin's like 60 years old, still doing like a filing temp job. Oh, this is... I don't think Dave's absence would have caused that to happen really should find himself another job that's better. That is... And Dave's like, hey, Elvin, that's not like you. And Elvin says, yeah, but without your help, I never learned about success. That I could be a success. Well, I guess he instills confidence in them and helps them find their success. It's like, and Elvin even says, you know, I had no future because of you. Crossroads of life, you're ten! Now, um, how did that blanket get on, uh, Dave's bed? Because now he's curled in a fetal position waking up from this dream. And he's got a blanket on his bed. Before, he was just laying back against the bed sheets on the bed. Where did that blanket come from? I bet the boys came in there and brought a blanket. Like, oh, he looks cold. So Dave wakes up. He's like, oh my gosh, I do exist. He's like, oh my gosh, the boys. And he runs into the room, but mind you, they're all sleeping. He apologizes for losing the soccer game and his car not running right and embarrassing them and the fact that they can't have a great summer and go to camp, whatever it's called, because he forgot to send in the form and he couldn't afford it. And so I was like, it's not a big deal. And Theodore says, yeah, I mean, we have you. That's all that matters. And Elvin even says, you're the best dad in the whole world. Wow, they turned... A good 360. Wow, especially Alvin. I mean, he was like... Rub, 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 rub. And Dave says, I'm the richest man in the whole world. Hey, that gives me an idea for a new song. Cool. Maybe it'll bring in some money. Do we get to hear about this song? Do we get to see it played out? Do we get to see the aftermath of the money that comes in from someone buying this song? I hope so. Ah, it's a kind of a ballady song. Aw, cute. Now people will want this played at their wedding. Especially if it's about, it's a dad song. So it'll be a perfect daddy-daughter dance, wedding dance song. 
Oh, the boys are singing. Why did I think Dave was going to sing the song? <laughs> I don't think he's got a singing voice. He's got a I write music type of voice, but not a singing voice. We get to see a cute montage. We see a framed picture of Alvin in an autographed baseball. It says Alvin Seville, player of the year. A framed award says Simon Seville. Young Scientist Award, Simon Seville. Why does this look like Theodore? Why does it look like he's dressed to graduate? So, okay. This is what I guess. They graduated lower elementary and now they're in upper elementary. So close, like junior high. Because he's not graduating high school, I'm telling you. Plus this is a flash forward. First place, Theodore. For, I'm guessing it's like a bake-off or a cook-off contest. That's pretty much it. The song takes up the basis of what's left of the episode. We, we'll just assume for our own sake that the song made a bazillion dollars. The boys will get to go to camp every summer. They'll never have mu- Dave can trash his old car and get a new one. Because they got all the money in the world. Because this song's going to be played at every wedding, at every father-daughter dance, or mother-son dance, or whatever. Or something. I don't know. I don't think it says anything about father in it, or dad in the song. But clearly it's talking about someone who means so much to somebody, and all that they do, and how much you, you don't always appreciate it. And... Yeah, that's that's the episode. Um, this had nothing to do with Christmas, not one thing. And honestly, their problems were really they were meek. I mean, they're kids and everything. It's not like they're saying if you hadn't been here, I would have been destitute and you know living in the woods with my biological mother and, and everything. Because I want to, I remember that episode, and I really wish I could see that episode because that one was, that was a good one. I did get. I'm trying to think. Um, I think it's in the Thanksgiving one that I might. I think it might be that one. That I that has a really sad Elvin in the Chipmunks. Something about Theodore gets a cat, and sadly the cat passes away, and then. Dave has to explain um, death of a pet to Theodore, and I think it's like Cookie 3 or Chomper 3 or something like that. Well, I don't think that's what it's called. Hold on. Oh, here it is. It's called Cookie Chomper 3. Yeah, there's some others that would be interesting to cover down the line for the podcast. Um, There's one called Food for Thought. Cookie Chomper 3, and Dave's getting married. That would be interesting to see how that works out. Does he finally tie the knot after all these years? I don't know. Probably not. And I'm sorry this episode wasn't Christmassy. I thought it would be for the holidays. Now I feel like I'm cheating you guys out of a Christmas album in the Chipmunks episode. But anyway, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas today. And a Happy New Year next week. Bye-bye, everybody.